Hey everyone, it's Clarissa here from the Thriving Through Menopause podcast. You know, as I talk to women around the world, I know that more than ever, we're looking for holistic ways to manage our menopause and to feel empowered that we're in control of our own health and healing during this vital life transition. I sit down each week with amazing guests to talk about ideas, strategies, approaches, and opportunities to help us thrive through menopause. Episodes drop every Tuesday, so I hope that you'll join us. And I have a little request for you. If you find value from the stories, lessons, and wisdom that we share, I'd like you to support this podcast. One way you can do that is to hop on to wherever you listen to podcasts, like and subscribe, share it so that others can hear the messages too. You might want to buy me a coffee to help me keep this podcast up and running. And I'd love you to subscribe to my newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Don't forget, episodes drop every Tuesday, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of this community, listening to this podcast, and I hope that you enjoy the new content that's coming up this new season. Weight gain, one of the biggest issues that perimenopausal and menopausal women have. And that, I love the comment from Professor Anise Mukherjee, who I had the pleasure to share a platform with when she said that this generation of women in menopause are some of the most stressed and they have the greatest numbers of comorbidities of any generation of women that she's ever treated as an endocrinologist. And that struck me that that's true. Pre-diabetes, diabetes, other forms of chronic inflammation, high levels of cholesterol in our body at a time when our body's going through big change isn't the best space. So how do we begin to deal with that? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I am delighted to be joined by Amy Wilson. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. I always love to talk about helping menopausal women just get healthy. That sounds like great. And I just, for the listeners, you are a board-certified geriatric pharmacist. You are also a certified fitness and nutrition coach. And you use an approach called the FASTER, F-A-S-T in capitals, E-R, way to fat loss. So I'm looking forward to diving into this. I mean, the statement from Professor Mukherjee there that we are seeing women coming into this midlife with so much extra that they're carrying with them. What's going on, Amy? Can I think it's the root of it. Yeah, it's, the root is... Let's go back to our teenage years. When did you first start dieting? And it's honestly, it's that diet roller coaster that we have been on 14, 15, probably when most of us started dieting, 16 in our, in our teenage years, getting ready for prom, getting ready for graduation, then going to college, then freshman 15. I mean, think about all those things in your life. And every time that you were getting ready for something, you were trying to starve yourself. Let's, let's, that's just what it is. It's not dieting. We were starving ourselves because the 10-day fix, the 21-day, whatever diet that you were on at that moment in time, Cosmo, Glamour, you name it, they're all about yeah. depriving yeah. ourselves. It's all about 
how little can we eat and then how much more can we move? The problem with that, every time that we did that, we lost muscle mass. Every time we did that, we slowed our metabolism down. Every time we did that, we pretty much jacked up our hormones is what we were doing because we weren't giving our body the nutrition it needed to survive. Fast forward 45, 50, and it's now time to pay it back. All those times that we dieted, all that stress we put our body under has now caught up with us. And all that diet food that we consumed thinking that was healthy caused inflammation, caused other issues. And so now it's, and I would say it's no fault of our, of our own. In the 80s, we were told fat was the bad thing. And so manufacturers were like, hey, here's snack wells. Here is low fat. Here's fat free. And they added chemicals and they added sugar. And then we're being told that, oh, no, it's carbs. Carbs are, the, carbs are bad. So now let's eat all the fat and let's eat all the protein. And when you listen to mainstream media, media or you listen to the gurus, it's not usually done by science. It's done by a quick fad. It's done by dropping pounds in a short amount of days. And it's not done with looking at your body and how your body works. Well, now we're in our 50s and now we have chronic inflammation. Now we have these hot flashes that seem to come out of nowhere. And we have the mood swings and the headaches and the joint pain. And we think that, oh, this must be menopause. This is what I have to deal with. This is just part of life. And I always say, no, it's not. We need to get to the root. And the root is dieting. The root is under fueling our bodies. And like I like to say, a lot of times we are overfed, undernourished, meaning that we get so much of what we intake from fast food, from ultra-processed foods, that, yeah, that's why we're gaining weight, but we're undernourished. We're not giving our body what it needs to thrive, what it needs to build muscle, what it needs to make the hormones, burn the fat. And so we have to go back. It's almost like peeling the layers off an onion. We have to go back to the basics and almost start all over again and heal from the inside out. And once we start doing that, then then we can start seeing some decrease in those menopausal symptoms. But it really, it, it when does it start? It started in our teenage years, but now we got to fix it. Yeah. And I think we don't realize that we've been on so many different diets. And as you said, you know, lots of sugar, lots of processed food. They have a lot of things we don't want to be eating, right? seed oils and um, uh, chemicals and we've been through, and you're right, undernourished. I think some women are undercaloried as well, mm -hmm. as well as being nutrient deficient. Yeah. And I, I like to say, I, you know, I'm somebody who coaches not being calories because a calorie is not a calorie is not a calorie. And we look at calorie as possibly being energy, but a Snickers bar has 293. 300 calories, but the nutrition in it is not there. There is no nutritional value. Your body doesn't know what to do with the Snickers bar. And I get so kind of frustrated and kind of jump on my soapbox when 
a physician says, well, it just all, it's just calories. It's just energy of what you intake. No, your body will process a Snickers bar different than it's going to process chicken and vegetables and fruit and grains. That's serving you. That is causing you to build muscle. That's causing you to make hormones. That's healing your gut microbiome instead of squashing it. And when we can start having the connection between food and how we're feeling and get rid of that disconnect that we seem to have so many times, it's like, oh, it's just calories. I, but if you are only eating in the morning a Danish or a bagel with a cup of coffee, and then you have a handful of something in the middle of the afternoon, and then you have a lunch that might be going through a fast food window, or it's maybe you felt guilty, so you just have this little salad, and then you are having a protein bar, or maybe it's a frozen healthy meal, and you come home from work and you're exhausted, and you just open up the refrigerator and pick whatever's there, or you're like, well, we're just gonna go get takeout, you're not fueling your body at all. You're not giving it what it needs to thrive. No. No, that because there's no real nutrition in the no. food you're eating. And and so we're living and often I think people have a lot of calories calorie and sugar spikes mm-hmm. at exactly the time of day when they don't want to, just before we're going to bed. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, and that, it, yeah, yeah. Having that balanced blood sugar is <laughs> crucial. Crucial. And having those sugar spikes Hey, ladies, those sugar spikes age us. They cause wrinkles. They cause, <laughs> they cause our DNA to shorten. And we don't want that. And yeah, those sugar spikes are not our friends. No, they're not. They're definitely not. And if you don't want to wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning, good idea to keep them <laughs> under control. Yes. But I mean, what, e- what is this chronic inflammation? So we hear about it, but from a, a scientific or an inside-out perspective, what's really going on? So how I like to kind of like do an analogy of it, if you are outside and granted when we're taping this, it's freezing cold outside. So we don't have any mosquitoes right now, but let's pretend we do. And we go outside and we get this mosquito bite. Well, it usually swells up and it gets red, it gets hot, it gets irritated. Your body releases chemicals, it releases histamines. It does all these things and it gets kind of raised, inflamed. It gets red, it gets hot, signs of inflammation. But your body does what it does well and it sends out all the troops. It takes care of the bite and the foreign invasion. And then it calls everybody off and says, okay, time to go. We've done our job. Let's all go home and the bite is healed. It's gone. Your skin is is nice and clear until the next bite comes. So that is what's called acute inflammation, meaning that it's a short-term process. When we intake ultra-processed foods, and that is food that has lots of chemicals and additives and added sugar and added colors. That is kind of like a mosquito bite on the inside of your body. And when you are just continuously ingesting, you know, we already said about, okay, I have a Danish for breakfast and then maybe it's a handful of M&Ms because I passed by somebody's desk and then it's something else. You don't think about that 
as causing chronic inflammation. But when you do it on a daily basis, now a weekly basis, and now a yearly basis, you are not giving your body the chance for it to say, okay, we're done. It constantly thinks it's being under under attack. And so the histamine response is out there. Um, what's called IgE, um, all the markers for inflammation, all of those have been elevated and they never have a chance to back down. The problem with chronic inflammation, well, disease states, prediabetes, diabetes, hypertension, stroke. Um, you also develop what's called visceral fat. That's the fat that surrounds the organs that makes your organs work harder. They become less efficient. And so what we do with all this chronic inflammation is that we're setting ourselves up for all these disease states later on in life. And it's not just disease states, it's how do you feel? Joint pain, migraines. Okay. Your pants don't fit is another one I'm looking at it too, is that we have the muffin top going around the midsection. And now you're also, we always hear about cortisol. Well, that chronic inflammation is going to increase cortisol too. And cortisol is a great hormone in small amounts. The problem is with our lifestyle, with added stress, with added stress from what we intake, now we have these high levels of cortisol that's causing even more chronic inflammation. And so that's why I like to say with the mosquito bites, like, you know, we know that those bites go away, that we heal. But we don't realize that the things that we're doing and intaking every day is leading to that chronic inflammation inside. Because we go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, you have high blood pressure or, hey, you have diabetes. You didn't just get that diagnosis. That diagnosis has been brewing for years. You just went to the doctor and it finally has a name for itself. Exactly, because it's got to a level where he can measure it, mm-hmm. right? Yes, correct. Whereas it's been lying in, a, in an underlying state, unmeasured, because a lot of us don't go to a functional practitioner and have any mm-hmm. tests done or any tests done by our doctors unless we're ill. So we don't realize that over time the cholesterol's creeping up, our triglycerides don't look like they should, all these sort of typical things are out of whack. We don't see that if we don't have regular tests, which cost money or you live in a national health system, they don't want to spend the money so you don't get them. So either way, it does not working. So you don't know. And you feel fine, don't you? Until you're not fine. Well, and the thing is we rationalize. So we rationalize that we're tired. I'm working hard. I've been burning the candle at both ends. Something's going off my parents or my kids or the job. Oh, I ache. Oh, it must be the change in the weather. I have a headache. It must be stress. So we rationalize all these kind of signals our body is giving us to tell us that, hey, this something's not right here. We need to do something. But we rationalize why we're not feeling as good as we should be. Yeah, of course. And then along comes menopause. Mm. And Estrogen is anti-inflammatory, isn't it? So it is. when we're losing that, there's a there's a price for that, isn't there, Amy? There is. And and we do know that estrogen does help with heart 
We know that it helps to keep our cholesterol levels down. We know that it helps to keep our A1C, which is a prediabetes marker down. So all of a sudden, here comes, we've had this stressful lifestyle. We've been doing chronic inflammation. And the one thing that's been protecting us is estrogen. And it has decided to go bye-bye. We're like, oh. And I was that person. I, I, I'm a nutrition coach. I'm a, I'm a pharmacist. I'm a fitness professional. And I got prediabetes. What? I mean, how is that possible? And, you know, well, my dad had diabetes. Thanks, dad. So I have the diabetes gene. But what I was doing up until then was not helping me. The inflammation, the the diet food, the protein bars, all of that was not helping me going through menopause and actually was making menopause worse and my A1C worse. And it's once again, it's going back to the basics and realizing what do you have to fuel your body with? Going back to food in the best state possible, which is real and not in a package and doing some things that, that even though you don't have the estrogen as much anymore, there's still things that you can do to help combat chronic inflammation, even though when that, that lovely, lovely hormone decides it's time to dip. Exactly. So that it's not the end and we can shift visceral fat mm-hmm. and we can, and I think some of those things are actually more and manage the chronic inflammation, maybe worry less about the, the waistline to start with, which I think is often where women start, isn't it? Because, okay, well, the pounds are going to get thinner and go back to the diet, calories in, calories out. But we really need to take a different approach, don't we? We do because what we, and I call it chasing skinny. It's time to stop chasing skinny. And we have to realize that skinny doesn't mean health. It doesn't mean that you are better. It's just a pant size. And what you weigh is your gravitational pull to the earth. It has nothing to do with who you are or, or even what you look like. And we have to get on the point where We look at nutrition as healing. What we put in our body helps us. It helps the hormones that we currently have. It helps us build muscle and keep muscle because that really is the fountain of youth. We need to eat so that we are able to build muscle and we need to eat so that we're able to burn fat. And that may sound, everybody's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. When I'm dieting, I'm burning fat. No, no, no. When you're starving, you're burning muscle. You think, you think that you are burning fat. And I will tell you, I've been married three times. Just going to tell you that right now. Cause divorce number one, I got <laughs> the skinniest ever. And I thought, oh yes, finally I'm getting skinny. And I had my body fat taken and it was high. Yep. And of course I'm young at that time. I'm in my early twenties. And you know, some were told that if you don't eat, you burn fat. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I looked at the people doing my body fat going, but I'm the skinniest ever. And it, we weren't thinking about that you're burning muscle at that time. I couldn't understand that why is my body fat higher than ever when I'm at my smallest size. And that's not healthy. And of course, could I sustain that? Absolutely not. My metabolism slowed once, the, once I started eating again, weight came back on and the yo-yo diet continued. So when we think about skinny, we need to think about training for the rest of our life. 
menopause is a great wake up time. It's like, okay, you know what? We're done taking care of everybody else. It's now, now time to take care of us. When we're chasing skinny, when we're losing muscle, when we're not eating, we're also needing vitamins and minerals. That comes from our bones. We don't need to be taking from our bones. We need to be looking at the future self. What are what does yourself look like looking in the mirror right now, 20, 30 years? What is she saying to you? Is she saying, Man, I am so glad that you took care of me because we're living our best life. We're on the beach. We're taking care of the grandkids. We're we're here. We're there. Or is she looking at you from a wheelchair, from pure exhaustion and saying, man, if only I did X, Y, Z. And I think we're at a great crossroads right now where we can make that decision to say, you know what? I'm done with skinny and then I'm going to train for my best life. Now, does that mean that you're going to be in these pants that you don't like? No, because the beauty part about keeping muscle, gaining muscle and learning how to eat for what you need is that you will start to burn fat. You will look better in your clothes. Your skin will look better. Your hair will look better. Your nails will look better no matter what age you start. And I think that is huge because I get a lot of clients, 60s and 70s, and think, I'm too old. I'm too old. And you're never too old to start working on you, to heal from the inside out, to get stronger, to get better, to get healthier. And that's very inspiring because, yes, I would say I would call it skinny fat, you mm -hmm. know, that you are, in fact, you know, fat, but you look, you look thin to the outside world. Mm -hmm. And but we're going to see a lot of that coming up in the next probably five years. We're going to see lots of that. Yeah. Yeah, we see. I'm I'm seeing a lot a lot of women who are, you know, I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner, so I see women. Mm -hmm. I call them small yin bodies, not the mm -hmm. big yin, the big the big belly, but these women who've got like a little pooch here, but they outwardly look quite thin, but their legs and arms are really thin. Mm -hmm. But they're not. But they're not athletic. They haven't got that athletic muscle. Yeah body that we want one i mean i'm not talking about you know weightlifting but we've got you know we've got muscle mass and you can see it without us being mus muscly mm -hmm. different kind of body a different kind of body shape altogether exciting news my listeners the podcast has a book Thanks to the wonderful experts and over 200 episodes, a book around the holistic aspects of menopause is coming out. It's called Beyond Hormones, Nine Holistic Ways to Thrive Through Menopause. And I cannot wait for you to get your copy. I will be uploading the link to where you can buy it. So apart from obviously building muscle fast, chucking the ultra-processed food in the bin and starting to eat real food. What else can we be doing um, to actually put ourselves on track? So drinking water every morning, staying hydrated is huge. And then I think this does not get enough 
due or credit, sleep. And as we go through menopause, sometimes sleep is harder. Sometimes staying asleep is harder. But sleep is so important. And the reason why it's so important is that if you are not getting enough sleep, you're going to increase your insulin resistance. You're going to decrease your insulin sensitivity. You're going to increase your cortisol. We know that lack of sleep increases your chance of dementia and Alzheimer's. We know lack of sleep increases chances of hypertension, diabetes, cancer. So once again, when we talk about chronic inflammation, sleep is also right there as something that can help prevent chronic inflammation. So I always get, but what can I do? What can I do? And number one is to get into a sleep routine, to have a sleep, what's called hygiene or habit or whatever you want to name it. You did it for your kids. You had the bedtime story or the bath and you had this whole setup that you did for your kids. Well, guess what? You got to do it for you too. And that means putting down the phone, the tablet, the computer, the blue light, because that does keep you up and start with some kind of habit. It might be brushing your teeth, uh, washing your face, taking a shower, having your room at the optimal temperature because cooler is better. And having that kind of same routine, that same wind down routine every night to get your body ready for sleep. That also means the same time every night. And I'll get people who's like, oh, but on this night, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays are my late night. And then I can stay up because I watch this TV show or something else. And it's like, what you want seven days a week, including the weekends, is keeping things consistent because our bodies are habitual. They like habit. And if you can set that routine up, you will be able to sleep. And when you sleep, chronic inflammation goes down. When you sleep, you are more productive. I know we wear not getting sleep with a bad effort of honor. We think that's the, I only need four hours of sleep. Okay. But do you really, and how productive are you during the day on those four hours? Are you crashing at 10 a.m. and again at 2 p.m.? Are you relying on coffee all day? Are you relying on protein bars or energy shots? And when you can sleep, not only are you going to help those menopausal symptoms, but you're also going to help your brain. You're going to help your gut microbiome. It's so many things are connected. Our systems are not separated. All our systems work together and they can work together because we help them work together or they can work together without help. And that just makes things, everything discombobulated. But the best thing to do is to help (laughs) our bodies and our systems work together harmoniously because then you do feel better. You have that kind of energy that people just wish for, but it's understanding that what we eat, how we sleep and how we move are all interconnected. That's the foundations of good health. Mm-hmm. And we forget the foundations. We, we forget can't. that, yeah, we forget all houses have a foundation. And to, uh-huh. we, we want the roof a lot of times before we even have the foundation built. And we have to realize oh, that yes. the foundation is where it is at. That will save us each and every time. It's, there's going to be times where you cha-cha, a couple steps forward, a couple steps back. But if you always have that solid foundation, you always have something to build upon. 
That's absolutely true. And I think that is a great segue to my next question, because we have seen an explosion of quick fixes in 2023. And one of those got a lot of media, and that's Ocempic. Yeah. What is Ocempic? And why is it taking this whole women, and particularly midlife women, um, fixing quick by sort of mindset by storm? Ozempic is what's called a GLP-1, and that is a glucagon-like peptide 1. It is a huge, huge breakthrough in finding. It is a hormone that's found in the gut, and when they found this hormone, they started realizing all the things that it can do. First, let me say, if you are on Ozempic or Wagovia, it's not to shame you at all, but I'm going to tell you, if you're on this thinking about this, what you also need to do to be on these medications and be healthy. And if you're not, if you are thinking about it and you're not sure, I'm going to give you all of the pros and cons. For me, it's mostly cons, but I'll give you some pros too. So how it works is that it slows down gastric motility. And that is how fast things are moving through your stomach and your intestines. When it slows down gastric motility, it causes you not to be hungry. Now, before you start jumping up in the air going, yes, 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 that's exactly what I want. I'm always hungry. I need something like that. I'm going to tell you that you can get the same results by eating food. The reason that a lot of times we're starving is because we're not feeding our body enough and we're not feeding our body and the right amounts of protein, fats, and carbohydrates. What happens with Ozempic, it totally shuts that part off, which is Good for some people, but most people, this is what happened. We talked about losing weight very quickly, fad diets, that you were not losing body fat, that you were losing muscle. These products, Wagovi, Ozempic, Monjero, have their purpose, especially with some people with type 2 diabetes or if you have a higher A1C and nothing has worked. But you have to use these medications with nutrition with fitness. And the problem is, is that most of them are being used without either one. And when you don't eat and when you don't move your body, your body needs nutrition. It needs amino acids. It's going to get those amino acids from muscle. Your body needs vitamins and minerals. It's going to get from your bones. And as females, We should be very, very, very scared about that because especially over 50, one of the things that happens is that we do lose bone density and we lose muscle mass. What that does is that increases what I like to call old lady syndrome. It makes you what's considered frail. It increases your chance for falls. It increases your chance for breakage. It increases your chance osteopenia, osteoporosis, sarcopenia, which is the wasting away of muscle tissue. So yes, you are skinny. Yes, you got into these genes. Yes, you look what you think is fit, fit and thin. But to, to say it again, skinny fat is what is going on. That person in 20 years who's counting on you to keep her out of a nursing home 
it's not looking so good right now. Because of that chasing skinny, you're looking at increased bone fractures. You're looking at increased falls. And that's not what we want at all. Does it help with insulin? Yes. If you are doing it for because of prediabetes, diabetes, if you are doing it for weight loss, things you have to have to do is that you have to eat. And it's not eating what's going to be coming out here really soon. Nestle already said they're doing it. They're making a protein shake for people who are on these medications. It's going to be artificial crap so that you get protein. Yeah. I highly, highly, highly say whether you work with me, work with Clarissa, work with anybody, you have to work with somebody to make sure that you are getting the right nutrition and that you are keeping your muscle mass and you are keeping your bone density and that you're actually adding muscle because it's not what we're doing in the next day, the next two weeks. It's what are you doing to keep yourself healthy for the next 20 years? And the problem with the medication too is that, okay, you lost the weight, you've been on it. Now there's also a psyche thing because you're scared to go off of it because the weight can come back. And it's almost like, it's almost like these psycho, psychosomatic handcuffs that you're just tied to because you don't want to get off this medication because of the fear of, gain the weight back. And so now you're psychologically addicted to the medication. And so much times we think our happiness is tied to how our weight is or how skinny we are. And we have to realize that happiness is an inside job and we have to work on that now, no matter what size we are. And also embrace all our individuality and the differences that we have, whether you have you know, bigger legs or smaller legs, or if you're tall or you're short or you're stocky and, and really hone in on your individuality and make that shine and not be like, we all want to be this size two looking kind of waifish like. And, and unfortunately I think that's what we grew up with in our teens is that we, that's what we saw in the magazines was all of the very skinny, skinny models. And that's what we mm-hmm. wanted to be. And now it's coming back full circle to us again in our 50s. Yeah. And that's really frightening when you think about the muscle mass and the bone density lot. And I mean, the risk of falls and fractures are massive. I mean, we yeah. have had Dr. John Newstead here. He talked about that osteoporosis really is triggered when we fall. So if you miss that episode, listeners, go back and listen to him talk in depth about that, how serious losing muscle mass is, weakening your bones, and that that will accelerate osteoporosis, which is a horrendous disease. I have friends who have it. Nobody wants it. It's, it's a death sentence, really, to okay. be honest. And I, I have another question there, Amy, because you talked about the gut slowing down. And we know that when estrogen declines in the body, the gut naturally is slowing down. So we get more bloating, more constipation, more IBS, all the things we don't want. If you're taking a sempic, is that not contributing to that side of our gut motility, making oh. issues of our gut greater? Well, okay, absolutely. And the the worst part of 
if we go on the spectrum, so one spectrum is you lose your appetite, decrease get, gut motility. The worst side is gastroparesis, which is the total shutdown of the gut, and it's not reversible. That's scary. And I know everybody who thinks they're going the medication, like, oh, that won't be me. I won't get that side effect. It won't be me. But we're seeing it more and more and more. And the other thing that you have to think about, too, is what cancer are we seeing the most increase with right now? And that's colon cancer. The way we get rid of toxins is we either sweat it out, we pee it out, we poop it out. That's the way we get rid of it. If it's just sitting there in your intestines and not moving, that's scary to me. That's toxins building up. They're not able to leave your body. So there's a good possibility that we might start seeing even more colon cancer due to this, which is scary. Yeah, absolutely. And I I would say also that if we're not seeing good gut mobility, and it's it's kind of like blocked there. We also mm-hmm. have a greater risk to recycle estrogen back into the body or estrogen-like compounds, and they go into the lymph system, and we are in, potentially increasing the risk of breast and breast other cancer. Yeah. cancers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what people don't so, understand a lot of times, and I get this, you know, as a pharmacist, and, and believe me, I'm a pharmacist who would prefer to see you on nutrition and fitness other than a medication. Because once you start with one medication, now you're going to take other medications for those side effects. And it just has this, unfortunately, snowball effect in the wrong direction. And when you are taking this medication and you're like, oh, but it's all good. Every medication has side effects. Even supplements will have side effects. And we forget about that. We just see the outcome. Oh, I have high blood pressure. I will take this. Well, all those medications are treatments. They're not cures. So the one thing that we can do, and I know everyone's like, oh, well, that's just, you just think it's so easy. You just think it's so easy to eat right. No, I don't. I struggle with it every single day, but it's a conscious choice that I have made that I am going to work on my nutrition and my fitness every single day. I don't think it's easy. I am not saying that. You, you're, if you're looking to take Ozempic or Wagovi, that I, you know, I think that, oh, how dare you? I get it. I understand. There's times when I'm like, man, it'd be so nice to be that scary. I mean, I, I get it. But I also understand the issues. I see the people in my nursing homes who should be in their 80s and 90s and are in their 40s and 50s from lifestyle diseases. I see that on a daily basis. And know that if we could just change the narrative of looking at what we put in our bodies to our health, if we can change it, not being such a stigma, it's like somebody is eating Taco Bell, Wendy's, you don't bat an eye. If somebody brings in a salad with chicken and vegetables and, and fruit, you're like, oh, you're on a diet again. It's, there's so much stigma now to eating healthy. And we need to change that narrative that that's what we need to be. There's a reason why we're in this the way we are. We started with the fat-free craze back in the 80s that caused diabetes. That caused us to have gut microbiomes that were out of whack. That caused us to have all these disease states because we were told 
that fat was bad. So now comes Big Pharma to save the day again with a medication that this has been, yeah. you know, how many years in the making. We can put a stop to that by eating, by moving. Is it slow? Absolutely. And that's what I think some people get frustrated with. We want it in Amazon prime time. We want it quickly. And oh, to understand yes. that it's it's not Instagram, whip up, swipe, that kind of thing, that this is a journey. This is a journey that starts with the day that you just start, decide to start and it never ends. It's not a 10-day challenge. It's not a six-week challenge. It is getting the basics and you improve upon it a little bit every single day, making progress. We don't care about perfection. Perfection doesn't exist. And if you improve a little bit every single day, you'll be stellar. You'll be golden. Is it slow? Yeah. And that is okay. Yeah. And that's a, I'm so glad that you said that because we live in a quick fix world. We seek instant gratification and Instagram and the like has, and TikTok have a lot to answer for here. Mm -hmm. And losing weight and keeping that weight, we do all that extra we don't want to be caring and getting healthy and maintaining whatever is a healthy, healthy weight and a healthy life for ourselves takes work every day. It does. Small steps to big change. And I know I have people like, but the study came out that said it helps with heart disease. And this study came out. Well, these studies are also looking at people who are extremely obese, who have type two diabetes. They're not looking at the 50 year old woman because most of these studies are done by men. Let's be honest. Most of these studies are done on men. They're yeah, not yeah. looking at yeah. the 50, 55-year-old woman who wants to lose anywhere between 5 and 30 pounds. What they're looking at is the type 2 diabetic who needs to lose to in order just to maybe get out of a chair. That's what they're looking yeah. at. And yeah. you have to be cautious when you read the headlines because right now, it's the golden child, yeah. but there's going to be a time real soon when the masses are on this medication and then you start seeing all the side effects that happens that there's going to be the other kind of quick turnaround of, oh, well, this is happening. Oh, this is happening. Now we're seeing increased bone breaks. Now we're seeing increase this because we're now running into almost a year where these medications have been ma- mainstream. Give it another year we're going to start seeing even more issues we've already seen the gastroparesis part we've already seen deaths occur with that yeah we're going to start seeing more and more negative side effects and that's terrifying really and i think Mm -hmm. that clinics sadly who are putting this out and promoting this for midlife women and i am seeing that on social media channels including linkedin and hundreds of women applauding this. And I'm thinking, wow, there's no medication that builds the foundations that Amy, you and I talked about earlier on. Sleep, exercise, and a really good diet that has the right base nutrients. There's no medication that can um, replace that. It's To me, it's, as a pharmacist, it's scary of all these things popping up. And in the States, the FDA has started cracking down on some of these pop-up places that are manufacturing 
the medication. It's not coming from the original manufacturers. What these places are doing is that they'll add vitamin B12. They'll add something else to the injection so that they can skirt past FDA compounding laws. You're taking your health into your own hands when you are going to some of these clinics that are popping up on each and every corner. And I can't tell you how many different advertisements I now get on Facebook and Instagram. It's crazy. And LinkedIn too, of, of hey, you, yeah. you know, check, do this quiz to see if you qualify. It is a cash cow. The diet industry is $3 billion. And I think it just grew up probably about another billion just with this medication. And it is something that people know that they can get money for. So remember that a lot of these people don't have your best interests in heart. They just want your credit card. Yeah. And I think that, that Amy <laughs> is a great place to close this, this, this conversation because if that is ever not a warning, they want to see you as a cash cow. Yeah. Yeah. And you're better than that. That's why I always I mean, tell people, it's like, you are better than that. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, we are 100% better than that. How can people connect with you and your approach to oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, self and weight loss? Uh, the easiest way is to actually go to my website, www.amykwilson.com. So it's just my name, amykwilson.com. And I would love to give you a five-day, I would call it a fat loss blueprint that has great recipes and food. And I even include two of my favorite recipes I usually only give my paying clients. And one is a chili recipe that if you love Wendy's chili, it's the actual the recipe they took, supposedly wife's tale. I don't know, but they took this, Dave Thomas took this recipe and made it part of Wendy's, but it's the healthy version. And it's so easy. You can make it in a crock pot or Instapot. And all you have to do is send me a message on my website and just put menopause and I will send that guide to you. And it's at amykwilson.com. That is fantastic, Amy. We're going to put that in the show notes. I'm going to jump in and get that chili recipe too. <laughs> so good. Easy and good. Chili. My favorite things. <laughs> Mine too. And an Instapot, if you're listening, get one. I bought one in Black Friday and I don't love Black Friday, but boy, did I buy one. And my life is so easy. You can make the best food with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Sweet potatoes, chili, soup, you name it. It's, I, I, I love my Instapot. Yeah, that's great. Amy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge, uh, grounding this in great science, um, and I hope giving my listeners something to think about. Without judging people, we are where we are, but, you know, it's really important. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Here we go. Well, I'm still absorbing all the information that Amy shared in this podcast. You know, looking behind the hype to somebody who is both medically qualified and who is working in the nutrition space really made you stop and think, is this something we need? Should we be pushing these drugs? What are some of the things that are missing in this conversation? I hope that you 
can reflect on this. And I'd love to hear your comments and your feedback. Next week, join me as we change tack again. Talk about what it is like to be perimenopausal and have your kids going through some of the biggest life changes in their years, especially if they're teenagers with all the exams. And I will be joined by somebody who is really focused in on that area. So join us. And in the meantime, if you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to like, subscribe and share so more women can thrive through menopause.